when I say that we're about to talk about existentialism, I do not want you all running for the hills, okay? I just want you to just hang on in there because the person I'm going to talk about this with is just fabulous, totally down to earth, um, isn't going to sort of, you know, mystify everything with fancy words. And also it is 100% relevant to you in business and life, really. So let's just get on with this. Okay? Yes! You have to find you be you and let them see you. Welcome to the Make It Real podcast. This is Tricia Lewis, your host. I speak to loads of fascinating individuals who've built their own businesses or just have loads of experience and story to share. You'll get tips, insights, you'll be motivated. Um, this is Victoria Doxat, my guest, and she is a thought leadership consultant and executive ghostwriter. I've just read that off your green screen, Victoria. <laughs> <laughs> I said, so, that's, yeah. that's why it's there. <laughs> <laughs> um, yes, as uh, and, and so much more, basically. And Victoria, this is a return um, visit for you, isn't it? Yes, yeah, we had a chat, didn't we? Gosh, probably about six months to a year ago. I know, I think, no, wasn't it was, it? Yeah, one, of your, one of your early ones. It wasn't was it? really early, yeah, and yeah. Um, and I loved that. But then I, we suddenly realised that there's a particular thing that Victoria just loves delving into. It's her thing; she knows a lot about it, and it is so in sync with the kind of general theme of of my message and this podcast. You know, the kind of make it real stuff. Uh, Okay, let, let, let's just get into it. So this philosophy angle that you have wedded so beautifully with business, how did this emerge? Was it like, did you do this at uni and stuff? Yeah, so I did, I studied English for my first degree, then I did a master's in philosophy. Um, and then I started working as a philosophy lecturer. So I'm really interested in literature and philosophy. Um, and when I was dealing with redundancy uh, about six or seven years ago, I thought I was going to lose my job as a philosophy lecturer. And there aren't really many jobs out there for philosophy lecturers, certainly not uh, part time, which is what I wanted. Um, so I thought, well, I'll just have to look around and see what else I can do. And because I like communications and I like thoughtful content, I guess I like reading and I like writing and I'm good at it. I'm, good, I'm a good communicator. Um, I moved into communications and then from communications, I kind of found thought leadership and and just found a home there really so I still teach one day a week um although I teach classics now not philosophy mm. um and the rest of the time I write for businesses so the executive ghost writing is that I write thought leadership communications for entrepreneurs who don't have the time basically to, to put their ideas out there um, and I help them refine their ideas and then kind of translate them for an audience to put them center stage really so it's good it's good fun I enjoy doing it well that's good so you, so you know what the point is then? <laughs> Seamless link. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think we, we started talking about authenticity, didn't we? Because I think mm. authenticity is, is a buzzword that's been bandied about by everyone, hasn't it? And I know that when you talk about um, make yourself real, all of your guests at some point mention this idea about being authentic. And it's important. It's really important, especially for business where so much can be inauthentic. Um, and that really kind of led to a discussion about existentialism because existentialism really is 
it really is about authenticity and about self-determination and about creating and then abiding by the morals that you hold dear I guess so for me it's really liberating I find it quite um empowering but yes. other people find it quite scary because existentialism says that there's no other higher meaning out there there is no god there's no moral purpose inherent in any of us we are kind of blank canvases and it's up to us to make the decisions that we want for ourselves and also for the rest of society um so yeah oh, oh um yes now obviously i'm gonna have to be really careful to keep this into um something that doesn't last for 10 days because i, I would love to do you know what um Victoria, we I thought, series. <laughs> yeah, we should. I thought the other day that I maybe am in the wrong time, that I should have been born, you know, back in those sort of Greek forums, you know, where we just sit around and debate and oh, discuss. You know, I would just give anything to go back to ancient Greece, sort of in the fifth century BC, just for like a couple of days, just to yeah, follow Socrates around, see what it was like. Maybe. I wouldn't obviously want to go back as a woman. That would be a bad idea. <laughs> or a gladiator. <laughs> go back as a... As a, yeah. as a, as a, as a as a well-known man, I think, and I'd be out of a great time. Absolutely, um, yes. Uh, that, of course, is a whole other discussion, listeners. Yeah. But um, that is a very uh, valid point. Um, yeah, I just, I, I, I think these things. It's uh, okay. So, listeners, this isn't like we're just going to disappear up our own thingamajigs, um, talking about oh god, life and meaning and the universe. There is, there is a really, really um, sort of practical element to all of this because. As, as as you grow as a business owner, that part of what you're wanting to do is be your own person kind of thing. Mm -hmm. And yeah, and, and that can, within that simple message, create quite a lot of stress. Yeah, I think most people, I think most people seem to move into running things their own way, whether it's to go into freelance, whether to set up on their own, as their own business, because they're lacking something within their employment. And usually the thing that's lacking is autonomy. You know, they can't choose the hours that they want to work. They can't choose the type of hours that they want to work or the work that they want to do. Um, and they are abiding by laws or rules that they haven't had any input into creating. So, and I think especially for women, I think that when you become empowered in your own life by having children, for example, suddenly your center of meaning changes and you want to create something that is meaningful. And most people at that point look around and think, well, what, what else is there? So I think for business owners, this idea about authenticity is important because authenticity in terms of philosophy is not about being true to yourself or, you know, about, you know, living your best life or whatever. And I, and I think in many ways, influencers now say that authenticity is about, you know, not listening to other people and doing whatever you want. Um, for, for philosophers, authenticity is about creating values and then living by those values. So it's about creating a moral law for yourself, a moral code. So it's not just about saying what you think and being true to yourself. It's actually about creating a world that you want to live in. So it's much, much deeper. Th um, hang on, hang on, hang on. Let's just, just, just repeat that because I think this is so crucial because I am constantly aware 
of not giving out a message which is about ah just do your own thing all over the shop you know i constantly repeat the message of you know things like impression management and tweaking your balance and the context and all of this stuff um because just just the message just be you i think is very i think it's pretty it can trite. be yeah. well it is try it is try it is and i think it can also be quite dangerous mm. Because if you're just running around being yourself, you're not really thinking about other people. Um, and some existentialists, like Sartre, for example, say, well, hell is other people. So, you know, the, <laughs> the, the problem of life is that there is a society and we're part of that society. Um, other people like Simone de Beauvoir, who was um, Sartre's lover, who was also an existentialist, but she thought that actually society creates us and so society can be a positive thing. I mean, but that's a whole nother debate. But I think authenticity for philosophers it's about responsibility and it's about taking responsibility for yourself and your actions and if you have if you are a business owner then you need to make responsible choices for your business so you need to be sustainable or you need to employ people in a in a diverse way you know you have to be socially and morally conscious um because otherwise you know it's all, all well and good you know being you living your best life and and saying oh i'm authentic but actually if you're not behaving in a responsible way then you're not being authentic at least not in a philosophical way i love this i, I love this right so so there's that sort of element of so I, I also think that one of the dangers is with the world we're currently living in with this kind of uh very i'm not saying it's never happened before you will know this in terms of historical movements of course we've gone up and down and through and round and flatlined and gone back again and all the rest of it you know so you might say i mean in recent history you might talk about the 60s and oh hey let's all hang out and be cool in ourselves but i mean it and and then go back to victorians and so we could do all sorts of little jiggering around but actually if you go back into all sorts of way back history i'm sure there were periods where this this sort of more autonomous uh well john stuart mills who's i think yeah. was where we were talking about on linkedin the other That's day right, yeah tell us a bit about that um well john john stuart mill was a lib was a liberal philosopher and he was a utilitarian so he talked about creating a world whereby you wanted to maximize the amount of happiness in the world which sounds delightful but actually it's deeply problematic because firstly how do you define happiness and secondly surely it's subjective you know what, what makes one person happy is not necessarily going to make someone else happy um but he was trying in his own way to create values like a, um a, a pathway i guess a, a pragmatic pathway that people could follow in order to make the world a better place and he's great i love john stuart mill He's very, he's a very cute guy. He jumped for joy, apparently. He actually literally jumped for joy one day because he was so happy. And I've just got this vision of this little old man jumping <laughs> for joy. I just think it's wonderful. So I like him. And the um, thing about the thing about him that he, is that it's tying up with what you're saying about your the moral value thing is that he was saying it's okay to be happy as long as you're not harming other people. Yes, that's right. Yes, he talked about the harm principle as well, um, which again is is a a huge debate but I think ultimately it all comes down to self-awareness and self-responsibility doesn't it yeah um, and I think if we go back to kind of self-determination and and talk about it in relation to business if you look at psychological studies for example there's a guy called Edward Desi um, who was writing in the 80s um, with a guy called Richard Ryan and they they came up with self-determination theory which is kind of existentialist in its core I think 
um, and they said that there were basically three things that people need in order to be self-determined. And this, this, this applies to business owners for sure. So they need autonomy, which is that they are self-governing, that they are, have their own, their own goals and their own ambitions. The second one is that they have competence. So they are able to gain mastery in whatever field it is that they're working in. Um, and the third one is connection or relatedness, whereby you feel attached to other people. And I think for a lot of business owners, certainly the entrepreneurs that I've spoken to, one of those things was missing in their employment. And that is why they've gone into business. So this idea of having autonomy, creating values, creating goals for yourself is really, really important. Um, mm -hmm. And it kind of ties in with what we were saying about, you know, existentialism, I guess, and being on your own path. Because the, yeah, I love, I love all this. Okay, so that is, is you can get that within a company. You don't have to be self-employed. It's just that if you're in a company, um, a great company that you've got all those going on fantastic but it frequently is the case that that one as you say of those is is missing and the um the other side of it I guess if you go too far up the other end of the pendulum is that you get into this kind of oh my god what's the point what am I doing who am I I don't even know who I am now I the I help people to if you like find you be you let them see you okay but that isn't but I but there's there are kind of boundaries in that. So because mm -hmm. you could spend a lifetime if you if your mission was to find you. Um, yeah. yeah. I mean, that's the anguish of life, isn't it? Mm. I mean, the fact that I think for religious people, if you have a strong religious belief, you don't have that anguish of life because you know that there is some sort of plan for you and that you were part of something and that something created you and that you're going ultimately somewhere where you die. Um, which is why we have religions really isn't it is to give people that certainty and that 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 um you know to to overcome the anguish and the absurdity i guess um for everyone else i mean what what are we doing you know i mean camus said that life is absurd he said the, the, the only problem with philosophy is suicide is how do you get out of this <laughs> or should you get out of it you know so for camus it was absolutely there was no meaning intrinsic we create our own meaning um and that's where anguish comes from, the, the lack of any kind of moral rules, the lack of any objective grounds for action. You know, for religious people, all these rules are handed down by God. So you follow the Ten Commandments and suddenly you have meaning in your life, you know. But for everybody else who doesn't have God or doesn't believe in God, um, where do you get your meaning from? And I find that, I love that, I find that really empowering. But other people find it terrifying. And I guess what you do with your clients is try and spin it in a positive way because you should see it really as an opportunity. What an amazing opportunity. There is no meaning. What do I want? Who do I want to be? What do I want this world to be like? Um, and Sartre would say that if you want to live in a good world where people do good things, you need to do those good things yourself because you are creating the world that you live in. So if you want to run around murdering people and stealing things, fine, do that. Create your own moral uh you know your all your own moral values and if you want to go around killing people that's fine but by doing so you are consenting to other people to do the same 
So you are creating a world full of murderers and thieves. So there is a responsibility there. Yeah. And that's yeah. like existentialism. And that's why I think it's relevant to business. Because as business owners, we all have a responsibility to do some good, I think. Yeah, absolutely. And that good um, doesn't have to be, uh, the point is that it doesn't need to be something that's prescribed by either society or other people in business or connections or anything else. It, it, your good is something that you figure out. Um, and so so to, to give a very practical example, and yes, it does involve me, listen, sorry about that, <laughs> but hey. I am me, um, and it seems like quite a good example, is I really struggled with this thing of how entertaining I could be in the business world, okay, having come from a huge amount of experience as an entertainer, a performer, a serious actor as well, but let's go with the humorous stuff. I thought, oh, God, serious business world. So it took me quite a while to stop being sucked in by a sort of general sense of but that's not what you're meant to be like um and find my set of values etc and then the next step of course was actually understanding that there is good in the mere if you only took that one little nugget of if I've made somebody laugh today when they were in a crappy mood, then actually that's a perfectly good little thing absolutely. to be doing. Yeah, absolutely. And the good doesn't have to be a societal good or, you know, just doing something that's good for you is, is fine. You know, that's if you can create a business that plants sustainable trees, great, but it doesn't, you don't have to do that. A good business does not have to be about doing that. Um, a good business is basically just making sure that you have autonomy, that you are competent um, and and that you are um, uh, related and connected to people that you have an attachment with, you know, mm. so and that in, that is good in itself, you know, in terms of what Edward Desi was saying anyway, that that makes you self-determined and that will make you fulfilled. It's funny because so, yeah. I, I, I mean, there's been so much you know, there's been a lot of stuff going on um, in the world, if anyone's noticed. Um, and, but then there always has been, there always has been. So there will be a lot of sort of low level and in some cases high level anxiety going on, no question. Um, uncertainty always brings with it that, that thing. So um, in many ways, to me, that is even more of a reason to um connect with your own reasons your own um sense of why am i doing this etc because because the world is all over the shop and and it's actually a really you know if you wake up in the morning you say oh god this has happened this has gone wrong look what's on the news da, 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 da. but then you can say ah i'm going to work on this today in my business i've got a great new idea um, i've got a fabulous new client that i'm going to work with um, I, that might sound really simple, but it, yeah. No, it's absolutely true. And I think you kind of hit the nail on the head, really. When you, the reason people feel stressed is because they don't have control. And in a society where we've got pandemics and Brexit and, you know, everything else that's happening, you lose control. You don't have any control because even the stuff that you thought you knew, like going to the supermarket, for example, you now have to queue for two metres or whatever to get in. And it's, it just changes everything. And what you need to try and do to overcome that is to try and get back some control. And that might be just as simple as saying, well, I'm going to go for a run today. You know, I'm making a decision that I'm going to do that for me. 
um, or it might be that you want to do something bigger than that. But I think having an agenda, having a goal is really important. And that's exactly what the existentialists would say. And it's exactly what the self-determination uh, theorists would say as well. I love this. So you, you talk about um, Greek philosophy with students. You also do it yeah. on LinkedIn, which I just love. I yeah, I'm, love. Like, as my teaching hours have reduced, I've, uh, I've made LinkedIn my classroom. So anyone who follows me is just going to be subjected to <laughs> lots of philosophy articles. Um, and random facts about the ancient world, in addition to some thought leadership stuff that I publish. But um, yeah, if you're interested in philosophy and you want to learn a little bit about it, you can certainly follow me on LinkedIn and find out a bit more. Do, um, yeah, I love the ancient Greeks. Love how do the, um, what is it you love about them? Oh, I just think they just had a really good life. They, they just have this idea about eudaimon, which means the good life. And this idea of virtue being important. And it wasn't, I mean, it wasn't just the philosophy. I mean, I like the philosophy of, of Socrates um, and some of the early Plato stuff, but it's not so much that. I think it's just the breadth of thought, you know? And I think there were no rules, there, there were no subject divisions. You know, so Thales, he's, he's a great pre-Socratic philosopher. So he was around just before um, Socrates he? was. Thales, so he was yeah. kind of the father of Western philosophy, really. A lot of people think that he should have that title rather than Socrates. Um, and he was a meteorologist, so he was predicting the weather, he was also doing complex maths, um, he was interested in moral law, you know, he was, there was nothing that he wasn't interested in, um, because they were just so open-minded, you know, they just listened to people, they welcomed foreigners into Athens, they listened to Egyptians and other religious beliefs, they were tolerant, I mean, obviously they were misogynistic and they had slaves, so, you know, <laughs> It's not it's all not, not all a bed of roses and there are some issues with Plato in particular for being misogynistic and um, kind of pro-slavery um however they did so much for for intellectual debate and you know political debate um I just I, I just I have a love affair with them really I love I love the uh, the Greek philosophers well yeah quite like the togas as well quite comfy, <laughs> yeah. quite comfy. um I just think what you just said and bringing it right into today now that's and and also what you do the thought leadership consulting so i mean i i would often be talking to people about you know what is their thing what is their thing their different perspective that doesn't have to be like this groundbreaking you know oh my god a totally new thing nobody's ever talked about that before certainly what i talk about has been talked about over and over again but your perspective, your experience, your story brought into it all. But to, to allow all this to happen in the way that is most beautiful in the business world, in our lives, in the world, is to give this open openness to it. And at the moment, it feels like we're in a place where everybody's got an idea, everybody's inventing something, everybody's got their perspective, everybody's being authentic, et cetera, et cetera. And yet, it feels like it's closing down and down and down and down with every so-called freedom of thought thing. Now, I don't want to get all kind of politically correct thingy um, argument on this because we could go off on many tangents and relate it, I'm sure, back to um, Plato and everybody else. But it, it it's sort of like now I think people are quite scared of openly thinking through something and discussing it, say, 
in a post in LinkedIn or on a podcast or, you know, a, or a, a lovely networking thing or whatever. It, it feels like everyone's pretty scared of that. What's going on here? Oh, goodness. I think I think it is an issue, actually. I think we have this cancel culture, don't we, where now if you disagree with someone publicly, you're a troll. You're not disagreeing, you're an actual troll. You're harassing them, you're bullying them. And so people don't want to engage in debate for those reasons. Um, secondly, if you don't agree with something, you're phobic. So, for example, there's a huge gender debate at the moment, isn't there? Um, and gender critical people are accused of all sorts as... Uh, rightly or wrongly but no one seems to be listening to the actual arguments it seems that you've got camps you know one camp versus another camp and no nuance there and I think that's a problem for philosophy because philosophy and society have always reflected upon each other and I think when you have a society that's scared to reflect upon itself and scared to hold arguments up into the light and say well what did you mean without being accused of harassment you have a problem, a really big problem. And I think that's the issue with social media. I think social media has got the potential to be incredible, but I think we're missing that potential. I don't think we are going in the right way with it, to be honest. And cancel culture really scares me because when you're canceling people's ideas or you are accusing them of being X, Y, and Z without really talking to them and listening to them, then you end up with no culture at all. I know. I know I know that's that's that is how I feel I mean but even saying that's how I feel openly on a podcast you think oh god people think oh god oh she's one of those and it's funny because well, I, I mean yeah, this, sorry to cut you off, this is why I like Sartre Sartre said that hell is other people and what he meant by that, I mean a lot of people misunderstand him and they think that he meant that everyone's an arsehole and I should stay away from them and, and hide in my bedroom he might have a point about that, but that wasn't, wasn't what he meant. What he meant was is that we are defined in relation to other people. So, for example, I might be, I might be watching my children play in the playing ground at school on my own, and I'll just be delighting in watching them play. And I won't be really thinking about myself. I'll just be enjoying the experience of seeing the children play. However, if another individual comes along, I then think, oh, my God, do they think I'm a paedophile? It just it completely destroys whatever action I'm doing because I suddenly see myself in relation to someone else. And that's the thing that you have to negotiate. And that's the problem for Sartre. He said that society judges us in a way that we don't judge ourselves. And when we're dead, that's all we have. When we're dead, all we have is other people's judgments of us. And that's in entirely damaging because it means that you are not living authentically because you are only ever thinking about other people's opinions. And that leads into council culture and what you were saying, I think. Wow. wow. Uh, hang on a minute, my sound's gone really weird. So I apologize, viewers, if there's viewers, listeners, right. listeners, <laughs> viewers, you name it. Um, the, I, really think, I guess the, the, hopefully what's coming through is that there's philosophies in everything. Yeah. You don't yeah. have to be a philosopher, you don't have to read Sartre to think about these things. You know, I'm sure that there are times in any of your listeners' lives where they were having a perfectly nice time and then thought, oh, my God, I better, better button up my top or am I wearing the right thing or have I said something stupid, which has made them doubt themselves. And that's what Sartre means by hell is other people. If it wasn't for other people, you'd be absolutely fine because we never judge ourselves in the way that other people do. 
I oh, that that is that is pure gold because yeah, that self consciousness ticket as well is something that really gets in the way of people um, doing so many things that will make them more visible and get allow people to get to know them. But and I used to have it like crazy. You know, I could feel I could I was literally in a panic mode walking into a room of people because all I could think about was what they would think about me, which I now I now jokingly say to people, it's really quite arrogant. <laughs> I mean, I say it with a smile, but it's true because what, why, why is the world revolving around you at this moment? They've got their own conversations going on and their own stuff. And the minute I kind of got that into my head and then started asking, and there we go, we've gone in a full circle. I started asking more questions and what not worrying about what people were thinking about me mm -hmm. and that was the tipping point and that is exactly what we're talking about opening up you know thought leadership requires you to be asking questions mm -hmm. and having open interesting debates and conversations and ultimately what I think so how would you sum up as we as we bring this up this fascinating episode to a, to an end um how, how can, what, what can we, so practically, um, you're there as a small business owner, trying to find your way, worrying that you're getting, A, that you're getting pulled in by maybe everybody else's thoughts about how you should do things, B, that you've slightly lost your own sense of self in the whole journey, C, that you're now worried about how much of that self to put out there because it might not be acceptable where can where where do we go where do we leave our listeners with a good positive well I guess ultimately it kind of boils down to being brave doesn't it I think it just is about putting yourself on the line and realizing that you have created this so own it and I think you you need to make the decisions that lead you to to feel happy I think and so you shouldn't really be scared about what other people think because they are not really going to impact on your happiness too much are they if you've got a core happiness that you're comfortable with then maybe you could just get on with that I know it's easier said than done no but it's but it is really important. I mean, we without talking specifics, we had a little conversation before we started this about, you know, an element of my life. Okay, if if I had put all my happiness um, as being dependent on that element, I would be in sort of daily misery at this point. Um, but because I have my own goals and uh, reasons and objective um, reasons for doing things and achieving things, um, I am not in a state of misery. Um, so it is, it is really, really important. Um, oh my gosh. Let's quickly wrap this up before I get going on something else and get you going on something else. Cause I, I love the stories you tell and what I always love about these these sort of philosophy stories that you tell is that I can always, or A, I, they're very visual and I love that. And I can really sort of sense the scene and the, but, but there's always a link and it, you know, over sort of millennia, these great links that you you find and that, that, that connected element um, of the world and life. And it's, is a really, well, it is one of those three things that you just talked about the connection piece of it is so important and how impoverished we all are if we don't 
learn and listen and talk about all this stuff um you know anyway don't get me going don't get us going because you'd get going as well wouldn't you absolutely well I always have to do a series but yeah, yeah. I think you know there's a there's a place for philosophy in business you don't have to be sitting in an ivory tower philosophy is very practical um and sometimes you can learn a lot by 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 reading the things or listening to the thoughts of people who have been thinking about it at a high level I think it's the same thing as talking about playfulness, creativity, um, improvisation, uh, that there's a place for all of these things, art in, in, in the business world. And, and also at school, sorry, just thought I'd put that in if there are any yeah. head teachers out there. No, no, don't, no, don't blame the head teachers, blame the blinking government. Anyway, um, moving on. Uh, <laughs> Moving on before I say something that might yeah, make people don't think, get me oh, started blimey, on you know, she's a bit, <laughs> oh, yeah, she's not what I thought she was. Oh dear. Um, let's let's quickly wrap up. So um listeners, you should be connected with Victoria Doxat because she is just an all-round fascinating human, but she's just lovely, she's just a really nice person. Oh, and um, so how so what's how do you like people to do that? Um, probably LinkedIn is the best. So you look up, look me up at LinkedIn, Victoria Doxat, um, and you can follow me or connect. I'm always open to connections. I like them to be personalised, but um, yeah, normally open to connections. Um, and yeah, that's it really. I've done a few, um, writing a book at the moment, but that's not going to be out for another year. It's not even written yet, so that's not going to be out for a while. Um, so yeah, so LinkedIn is probably the best place to find me. Excellent. Look forward to that. Oh, my gosh. Mm. And talking about LinkedIn, just one more little remind everybody. What how do I know Victoria in the first place? Did I did I bump into her in the street and we just started talking? No, although that would be lovely. Um, it was through LinkedIn. Yeah. Um, yes, I will name check him again. I'm fairly sure it was John Esperian. John Esperian, yeah. Um, yeah who is your classic example of connected um, and, you know, and, a, and an open person who brings people together. And um, yeah, and, and that's how we got to meet each other. And, you know, so many other people that enrich my life on a regular basis. So, um, so I just thought I'd pop that one in. And quite, because I guess you could say that John in some way is creating the platform that he wants to inhabit isn't he so in his in his own way he's doing a little bit of existentialism for LinkedIn so he's by being relentlessly helpful he's surrounding himself by people who want to help him and help each other so yeah so a lot that's of my it. network is from John actually that's it that's it that's it I love it everything connects everything connects brilliant totally. okay Victoria I will I will let you go before I get onto another subject that I just want to delve into um and who knows you might come back for a third time oh I hope so that'd be great do the hat trick <laughs> bye for now yes! take action try this one small step sort out your self-determination by looking at it through the lens of those three ingredients that we discussed. Autonomy, competence and connection. Are you getting enough of those in what you are currently doing? If not, what's the one that's lacking? Why and what can you do about it? Have fun. If you want more tips and tactics and insights into human communication, then I am full of them. So head over to trishalewis.com for all my social media links and sign up for the fortnightly email so that you never miss a podcast episode. And there's exclusive content there as well. 
Don't forget to check out my book, The Mystery of the Squash Cell, and tune into the next episode. It's time for tea. So...